You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there. Welcome to episode 28 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, I'm Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon on uh, a very unusual circumstance. This is a morning yeah. we're recording this. Yeah. Um, you can tell because I'm still wearing my bunny slippers and my PJs. He is. No, uh, he's not. I'm not. <laughs> but my eyes are very much kind of still not waking up, woken up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing this fine morning, John? That's I'm a pe- first. I'm peachy. I like. You are. You're I wearing kinda, peach. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I got a. It's the, yeah. It's a pastel colored shirt for those of you judging me already. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I, I. It's kind of cool. It's a. It's uh, it's neat to meet with you and have a cup of coffee yeah. and have a conversation. It's a good way to uh, start your morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a new thing. We'll see. I'm Maybe. Uh, <laughs> now I'm, I'm just like, yeah. what are you saying? Yeah. Shut up. Um, so this is uh, episode 28, as I mentioned, and we have just we're screaming through these last few episodes. It seems like we just hit that kind of 15 milestone a while back in 25, and now we're having morning shows and weird days of the week. Yep. But um, we're finishing up a sermon series, the What If series, which has been, this is now the fourth week of it. Yeah. And um, you told us, uh, or I guess you kind of recounted this one famous story from the Bible. I don't want to get ahead of you. No, you're good. Get us caught up. Yeah. uh, And let's talk about this widow's offering story. Yeah. And I have some questions, follow-up questions about that. Yeah. So um, What If is as if you've been following along it's about dreaming and imagining what god might do in our lives um if we and i I really think as we went like the arc that came through this series is what if we reorient ourselves towards what's important and uh the kingdom and so um it's also that's an opportunity for us to talk about money and stewardship and and that's been um, an underlying focus. It mm-hmm. hasn't been as direct as we have in the past. Yeah, I know. So. Um, because of just circumstances in our yeah. community and and things like that. But still, a very important spiritual practice for all of us to to hear and listen to. And particular when it comes to money and the church, which we'll talk about stewardship. I hope you'll you'll listen to the 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 whole show today because I, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit at the end. But in particular, it there's there's the need for us to some of us are going to need to step up and and support where others are are having to hunker down mm-hmm. and focus on what's in front of them because they've had their homes flooded or yeah. whatever that looks like and so um like that that is a necessary thing that's how the church works like that sounds harsh coming out of my mouth but um, when you look at acts chapter two you look at the early church when people were without jobs or they were hurting, then the rest of the church was selling possessions yeah. and land and giving the shirts off their back. And that's just kind of where we are. And so we've already done that. KUMC has already done that in some huge ways. And so, but that's still an ongoing theme as we look at what if. So anyways, we concluded with this, this well-known text called the, you've probably heard it called the widow's might or the, uh, the story of the widow in the temple that brings forward a very small offering when all the rich people are given their big offerings and Jesus sees it. And uh, very interesting story, very interesting accounts. And, and you can find it in, in the different synoptic gospels. But uh, it's interesting to see Jesus' teaching based on the woman that gives just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of layers to this story. So Sunday... 
if you were with us, I, I kind of teased out the layers that it's not just about giving all you can financially. Uh, it's, it's actually more, I think this story is more about pride and humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's out of humility that she gives. It's the heart that she has that Jesus is teaching on. It's not um, on her budget that Jesus is teaching the yeah. disciples. So when he summons the disciples and say, look, I want you to see something, I think he's very much teaching about um, a, a woman whose heart is after the things of the kingdom uh, rather than trying to find whatever else you know may temporarily satisfy her. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's that poor, and, and as we know, widows in, in that ancient context, they were pretty much toast. Yeah. I mean... Unless the church or the community provided for them, and they wouldn't have much, I and mean, so so this could be what she would spend to buy her next meal, or it could be um, what she would go buy a pack of cigarettes with, or whatever. I mean, you know, just think about the modern context, and uh, instead, her her dependence is on God to continue to provide for her. So even when she doesn't have much, she knows that she has enough, and and God is enough, yeah. and God will continue to to provide and so that's the kind of context we played with and and worked out of um i think there's some really rich themes there that jesus is teaching to his disciples and that uh he can teach to us as well so it's it was it was a cool i'm glad it was a cool way to to conclude the series yeah i thought so um and and i know that that um specifically this is the story is retold Mm -hmm. uh, or told from two different perspectives one in luke and one in mark yeah so um what are some of the differences, I guess, between those two? Uh, does this happen a lot in the, yeah. throughout the Bible? Yeah. So, like, if you were to, um, if you were to just just Google synoptic gospel parallels, uh-huh. you would probably find like two or three charts that just had all of the different where they kind of match up. So you'd have all three of the synoptic gospels. John is at not a synoptic gospel, right? So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are okay. synoptic gospels, meaning. They very much share sources. They share each other. They're very close to each other. Mark is the first one. Matthew and Luke kind of share Mm -hmm. Mark as a source to work through their texts. Um, But they're very similar. John is on its its own plane. It's written much later. It takes a very radical perspective. They all have their own themes, but John is, is taking another approach. Um, and so there's not a lot that lines up there. John has a lot of unique stuff. John probably uses other sources that the others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some some things that cross over there, of course. But uh, in particular to this story, uh, Luke, it, the, the stories are very similar. But the reason why we worked out of Mark is Mark seems to be much more harsh He's, he writes the first one. Oh, okay. Many scholars believe that, that Mark or whoever's writing this is writing this through the perspective of Peter, okay. the Apostle Peter. Um, but anyways, a lot of times these parables, this this is a story, not, not a parable, but mm-hmm. a lot of times the parables are different stories that Jesus tells have, um, they cut like a double-edged sword. They're, they're very harsh. And this one is the same. Um, it looks like that, um, in particular, Jesus um, is like he's gonna be he's gonna be very sharp when he compares the woman to um, the scribes and the rich people. Uh-huh. Uh, so Mark doesn't like water down anything when it comes into that comparison. Luke kind of waters down just a little bit. 
um, maybe to to change to to present the message in a way that would be more presentable for his audience or whatever. But um, the other thing is in Mark's gospel, Jesus goes and sits down opposite of the offering and watches. In Luke's gospel, (laughs) he just looks up and sees a woman drop something in the plate. Yeah. And so, um, Hmm. like, I felt like Mark was presenting this in a way uh, that was really highlighting the comparison of pride and humility. Jesus was seems to be very intentional about seeing how the people are giving. And so that was kind of the interesting, okay. not, not as a way to say Jesus is watching you <laughs> put your money in the plate, uh, but to see that Jesus was very intentional with that teaching in that moment. Yeah. It's not to say that Luke wasn't using it in the same form, but um, he just presents it a little bit different. What if we had a photo of Jesus like looking down at the offering plate, like and put it? It's like, like hey, altar, like um, a meme yeah. that's like, hey, yeah, yeah. you know, Jesus watching. <laughs> In the contemporary be... worship, we can just put it on the screen. Right? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. And just have him staring. Yeah, during. Offering but yeah, how would how would uh, how would our our congregation feel about that? That's yeah. kind of an interesting thought. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. it would feel manipulative to. Oh yeah, for because I thought about preaching. Jesus is watching. Ooh. Just for a second, y'all. And then no, yeah, it's one but, yeah. you're just spitballing. It. It's like, well, I'm not going to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's, that feels really good. <laughs> yeah. But we see this. Um, it's very interesting because I'm glad you bring this up. You see this happen like all over the place. Like I was studying this week uh, and listened to somebody teach on Mark, and and you're going to see the different authors highlight different things at different times. Like mm-hmm. for example, here's here's a well known one when um, when Peter is asked, uh, "Who do people say that I am?" Um, and he responds with you some form of this. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Yeah. Um, Mark and Luke, in particular, uh, or Mark and Matthew, present that in a couple different ways. So Mark, he responds with "You are the Christ," and that's it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus immediately responds with "Don't tell anyone." Right. Yeah. Oh, and then in Matthew, um, he goes to that. Who do people say that I am? And and. Peter says, well, some people say you're Elijah. Some people say you're a prophet, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Well, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter responds with, uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So he goes all the way with the deity of Jesus yeah. in that moment. Jesus' response is, I'm paraphrasing, um, you, you don't know that, but my Father in heaven has given you that knowledge or given you that understanding and yada, yada, yada. And so there's something a little different there. Oh, yeah, that's good. The reason why at least... What I'm seeing with Mark is that the whole, like the the crux of the gospel of Mark is to answer this question, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And the point that Mark is trying to make, or Peter through Mark, mm-hmm. is that even until the crucifixion, even until probably after Mark, I mean, Peter has no idea who Jesus is. Hmm. And so even though he kind of answers it right then, later on when he's questioned, do you know this person who's being, who's on trial? And he says, no, I don't know him. Like, and he thinks he's lying. Yeah. But the ironic thing in that moment is that maybe he's not lying. Maybe he actually doesn't know him and he doesn't know him until uh, Jesus presents himself and the crucifixion is, Uh is final. And like he sees Jesus in his full glory, uh, via the, 
um, crucifixion. And so like that, that was a cool thing that came oh, out yeah. this week. I was, I was listening to a teacher kind of speak on, uh, on Mark and he was showing us some of this nuance, but that just shows you the differences in the presentation. It doesn't make it not historically accurate. Mm-hmm. doesn't make it uh, less true. It's, it's um, the way that the authors are presenting it because a, they had different perspectives, mm, different yeah. people seeing uh a person is going to see that in different ways. They're going to hear different things. They're going to highlight different things, going to strike them differently. When I preach, uh, people in the congregation are going to grab things like different things are going to come across. And, and so, um, same kind of things happening, but also these authors are communicating to an audience that is going through something in particular where the way that they're presenting the material is speaking directly to their context. Yeah. That's really important. And so also as important, uh, I guess, um, talking with people after, you know, maybe a sermon and you get other people's perspectives on what they heard and yeah, and vice versa. So yeah, yeah. That's a nice little, I try there. to, I try to do that. It's hard. <laughs> You're always afraid of what people may say. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, it's the, just me being vulnerable. The congregation, you know, talk talk with others, congregates. Not, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. It's like in a yeah. small group or yeah. a, a, a but it's so interesting how that works, and that's that's really theology of preaching. Understanding that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit working in the context is gonna um, is gonna encourage people in different ways. And I mean, sometimes people come up to me and go, "I'm really thankful that you said this because this means blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> that is not what I said." <laughs> oh, 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 nice. But most of the time, it's really neat to see yeah. how God can use. Um, yeah, for sure even really bad sermons to speak to people but it's the same it's the same idea in the living word uh that it's so layered and it's alive and it can reach people in different ways yeah yeah that's and great. so that's cool um i think i think the next thing that i wanted us to to just consider or at least a kind of an encouragement about where we've gone with this series um and what what i think is important is uh, I've, I've been studying nt wright who is a, a brilliant, probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest New Testament scholars of our time. Um, and he's just, but just understands the whole Bible and, and understands the narrative. Great teacher. Anyways, I've been reading and studying, and he really is trying to press the Western culture to, to get away from this idea that Jesus simply died for our sins. Um that seems to be too myopic, like mm-hmm. too too focused in, um, because this idea that we're bad and God killed His Son so that we could be forgiven—that's really an ugly thing. Like yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what to do with that. Like that's really really tough. And and yes, Jesus dies in our place and for our sins, and we can grab those texts that point to that. But what if it was even bigger than that? Mm-hmm. Like and so what N.T. Wright's talking about is that. Um, really the the root of the issue is idolatry and we see that in Genesis when when the fall takes place it's Adam and Eve giving themselves over to idols it's them wanting to be God and to to take God's creation and do what they want with it and that's where sin kind of breaks into the story and takes over you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so and that's the whole narrative of the Old Testament of Israel uh, replacing God with their own gods, and that becomes like weird poles and things that they worship and stuff like that. Yeah. But in our context, that's the very same thing. And what Jesus' death 
was intended to do was to restore us to our original image, that we were to be image bearers, that we were to have purpose in the world, um, and that we were to have power as God's children. So we were to be a royal priesthood, meaning we are part of the king. Mm -hmm. We're part of the Mm -hmm. kingdom as royal. And we're also a priesthood, meaning we we are the ones that stand at the intersection of heaven and earth. We are the ones that are pockets of heaven in, in the world, that we are image bearers in the world. And so this series, I say all that to say, this series is really about idolatry. It's yeah. really about looking at the ways that we have chosen to, to rule our own world, that we have chosen to um, put things in front of God and worship them, That we and we do that with money in particular. And so that we, uh, we decide what's best for our family, and we decide what's best for our pocketbooks, and we decide all of these things without any dependence on God. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is, is God... God gives us the power and brings us into his story, uh, but we try to keep all of these things separate. And yeah. so there's a place for God in my life, and there's a place for this career, and there's a place for my family in my life, and those things don't intersect. And and really what what is supposed to be is that God rules and reigns in our hearts and leads our lives, and that's what we're called to. And in particular this week, that's where it comes in with stewardship. Um, releasing control of what holds us, and it may be money, is is a way of us depending on God. And so I closed our sermon really with this with this line. I think this is important. We have the opportunity today and every day to decide if we trust in our own abilities, our own successes, in our own careers, or do we have dependence on God? Mm-hmm. And by the way we give, and by the way we volunteer, and by the way we support others, and sacrifice time, and sacrifice all of these things, that's how we are consciously making that decision to put God first and, and to allow him to rule and reign in our in our lives. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to encaps, encapsulate the whole, the whole series. Yeah. So I'm glad we had this opportunity to kind of mm-hmm. go into that a little deeper. I think when you're talking about um, that myopic kind of view of Jesus died for our sins, I'm like, yeah. that, that would be like the equivalent of tweet- one in one tweet, yeah. sum up the entire Bible, yeah, and that would be like the easy, just kind of answer, yeah. And no, you've you've what you talked about. There's a lot more to that, you know, us becoming like Christ or like, and, right. and, and um, all the different stories. So I'm like, yeah, that that's really eye opening. Yeah, it's huge, and and we could go so far into that. Like, I, I'm almost guilty of what we're doing and what <laughs> I just did with N.T. Wright because N.T. Wright's a his book is massive and I just kind of boiled yeah, it all down. Sure. <laughs> but, but what we do with the gospel is the same thing. And I get it. We're trying to get it to a point where we understand it and get our head around it. How do we share it with someone else? Um, and yeah. what N.T. Wright's argument is, and I think it is for, uh, for, or we need to understand this a little bit more, is for the the outside world, hearing this story of sin mm-hmm. And immorality and how you are a sinner and you need Jesus to save you, uh, that's that message is not really popular. Yeah. And so not saying that that's not our gospel message. Please hear me. <laughs> but I am saying that Jesus uh, entered into the story for so much more than individuals going to heaven. Mm-hmm. He entered into our story to be the beachhead to break in and defeat evil and to start a revolution, as, mm-hmm. as Wright uh, puts it, 
um, so that we can be restored to our original creation to to be brought back. And this is all humanity, not just little individuals, right, so yeah. some of the parts, but so that we could be that intersection of, of heaven on earth. And, and so that is, that's really important. And part of that is recognizing the idolatry that we've given ourselves to. And I think that um, we could sit here all day and talk about what that looks like. Now, I want to shift a little bit to stewardship too. Um, so we, we again were a little um, indirect when it came to stewardship. So this past week, if if you're with our congregation, if you're a member of KUMC, mm-hmm. so I, I realize there's people that listen to this that are outside our community, and that's great. Uh, you get to hear a little bit about at least where my heart is and and where I think the church's heart is on yeah. on stewardship. But this past week, we had the opportunity to to um, to fill out an estimate of giving to lay a card down on the altar uh, that would estimate the the giving of our individuals or households um, over the next year. And and so uh, that's important for us as a community because those that are committed to the church, mm-hmm. this is a way of saying, this is what I'm we're dreaming for. This is what we're praying that God has led us to this amount so that we can be able to give. And that's a place of sacrifice. It's a place of dependence, right? Yeah. I'm trusting, like, I don't know how we're going to do this, mm-hmm. but I, I know God can help us get here and do this. And and so we do that with all different aspects of our life where we should. And this is another one in which we do it with money. And so um, I just share that if you're with us and you missed Sunday, that's where we are. And so we should you should have received a card in the mail. I think they just went out again this week. And so if you haven't gotten one, they're coming. We'll have them around the church and you can be able to do that. But um, I think the greater challenge for us is to consider why do we do this? I mean, Jason and I were talking about this before we went uh, live or started to record. Why do you give, why do you give to the church and, um, and why is it important to give? And so I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot and Mm, talk to you a little bit. I knew this was coming. And just, just share with me, um, about how you answer that question. If someone were to ask you at work, why do you and your, your family give to the church? How would you answer them? Um, I came to the realization that that answer would have changed over the past 20 years or so. When I first started um, as an adult in a church, you know, um, it was very much, uh, oh, I give to church because I'm supposed to. Right. And I give um, as little as I possibly can because yeah. I just am not sure. To appease that obedience. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I feel Yeah. Good. I can sleep at night. And, and <laughs> true story. Yeah. And, and and you know, as I've aged and, and I've become more active in the church, then um, I definitely see in myself that there's a, a difference. There's been a change in, in in why I give and and how much I figure out how much I'm going to give. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would tell tell that person that um, I, I've seen the the good that this church specifically, but I believe most churches do. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, with these um, contributions and that it's just so much more it magnifies so much more than I could do alone like if yeah. I were to just go and try and uh, pick pick and choose different causes online for example I could give a little bit to a few um, but I, I truly believe that when I give um, a, a noteworthy sum mm-hmm. to this Kingwood United Methodist Church mm-hmm. specifically that they're able to truly make that multiply and give to 
different places that I couldn't even consider. Yeah. Whether they're missions or someone who who needs help, who they can't pay their bills or they can't get food or clothing mm-hmm. for their kids to go back to school. Right. And that's way more than I could do on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the answer. Yeah, that's huge. So, um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, sharing that because I think we, I think many of us have been on that that spectrum from kind of a obedience, like I should do this, yeah, and to hopefully a point of joy and and a place of testimony where you see that God's really blessed you and and not just in. Like, this is not prosperity. If you give to the church, then you're going to get back tenfold what you gave. Like, not that message, but this message that God, when when we give all of ourselves, uh, God God seems to fill us in some uh, miraculous ways. And so um, just want our, our listeners to hear that and, and to know that as well. The other thing I think that is interesting to me is that it's very there's some trends going on like with these kickstarters and like yeah and even in our church um, we support a ton of missions and mm-hmm. so it's really easy for folks to to see a mission that they can put to but I'll put that aside for a second in in the general population we see and particularly in like millennials and some of the younger generations yeah, definitely they're, millennials for they're sure. loving like uh, these kickstarter things yeah. they're giving all kinds of stuff they're giving to startup businesses like that's <laughs> like like if someone has a really cool new i saw this one where it's like an in-home uh beer tap so you can buy like you can go to a, a brewery and buy um one of those containers and then it'll it'll hold it and keep it cold and it'll pour it <laughs> yeah. out and so this guy comes up with this great idea but it's a very expensive device to produce it and so he puts it on kickstarter and people from around the world are given to that like yeah. it's really interesting but it also happens in nonprofits and things that are happening and sure, so yeah. it's I, I, why do you think that is? Like what? Like what's going on there? Is I don't it? No, something's really changed in the past yeah. few years in, in, in online, and I've seen amazing things. Like uh, even um, like bands I grew up listening to. Yeah. Well, who are now they're old guys. You know, they're twenty years older, 10, 20 years older than me, and they're still making records. And, and you're like, okay, that's cool. I remember who, what I really used to love them, but they're like, hey, we want to put a new record. And will you contribute to that? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I thought there were... There's like movies that have been funded Movies have been done that yeah. way. Yeah. And, and, and in, in one... In, actually, in one regard, I'm like, that's really cool because they used to have to rely on these big corporations that were scamming money and scamming right. off the top and stuff like that. So now they're really coming to the fans that like know that are going to go buy this record anyway to go ahead and pony up front the money to fund it. And it, and it happens. And sometimes you see them funded just like that. It's yeah. like done. And that's true for... Uh, hey, I need this, you know, this medical issues come up and this go, GoFundMe pages. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really an incredible kind of phenomena that's happening. Right. Um, but what's, you know, how, how did that, that happen? I don't nowhere, know. You know. And it's like, if you give to, like, if you give to a movie... Like the, how many how many of y'all seen Super Troopers? Like <laughs> this the the sequel was completely funded this yeah way, you know and, and like, like people get their name in the credits yeah because they've produced it yeah and so <laughs> but I'm just thinking about the satisfaction of that you yeah. know like that's got to be short lived right like or or do you are I you can't telling see this your forever. do you tell your great grandkids that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in the credits of Super Troopers too. You know, like I, I don't know, like um, it's very interesting to me. But at the same time, like there is some kind of taboo thing for us to be able to talk about giving to the church and stewardship. And like 
I, it's really a hard thing, and I even feel it in me as I'm preparing to teach on it. Yeah. I can feel that, that very tension in my heart, and I just wonder why that's there. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. The other thing I want to say is, like, I think people give to these these visions, and I, and I know millennials want to see a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. even folks that don't have faith and, like, they want to, if this, if they see a good, they're going to give to it. And they want to be a part of something like that. And so I just, I hope that you know that, um, I know that we have to be careful and that churches, you, you, you should be aware of how your church is taking care of money and things yep. like that. But I also want to say that I think there's a commitment in being part of a local church, a commitment in saying, um, whatever happens, we're going to be in this together and to support that local mm-hmm. church. And, and like, I just know that when y'all, when you do this estimate of giving, when you put this forward, that you're not just giving to one little mission, you're yeah. giving to what God's called KUMC to be in a community. And like that helps me and my wife be able to fill out that card mm-hmm. because we know that God has called this church to some really cool things. And we've seen God work miracles in so many different ways. And so that can help us move, move us in that direction for me to just simply get up on stage or on a podcast, tell you, you just should give because Jesus is watching the offering plate. Right. I don't think that, is the heart transformation. I think what the heart transformation is, it is actually in me giving, um, whether it's to the church or where else, that's what we're called to. So that's what we're giving. That's when I'm allowing God to take over that place in my heart. And, and so that sounds cheesy and service level, but it really is to say, I trust in you to, to, to lead me and guide me, to give us the right amount that we're supposed to give, but to help us with bills and to be, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress about losing my job and being worried about unemployment. What, what, what's gonna happen if I do that? And blah blah blah. If I overextend myself, but I'm gonna know that God's gonna have me in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have to adjust how we're giving, then that's fine. But um, I'm not gonna stress about what's down the road. I know where where we are. Prayerfully, we're gonna do this and and we're gonna move forward. Yeah. And so. So anyways, that's good. I offer that to to the folks. Cuz yeah, cuz once that movie comes out or that album comes out or that cause has been funded, then then it's gone. Like yeah, that's I, what I have I mean. a CD, it's in the door the the panel of my door yeah, pocket. Right. And it's like, okay, cool, that's where that is if I need it. Yeah. So what did I just, you know, accomplish? Yeah, like whereas I, if you, you know, if you're giving to the church and you're feeding these people lunches mm-hmm. once a week, or you know, give well, the other thing is, if you're like, part of the church, you see, you see you see it, you see what's what's happening right in front of you, and um, I think that's really important. Like, like when we give to there, there's some really great nonprofits out there, and and I'm not trying to tell you not to support nonprofits, but but you orienting your life towards God's kingdom, but in particular to where God's called you, you get to not only see but participate. Yeah. In what God's doing uh, through that community. That's a big difference. And I, I think and, and I pray that our society will loop back around yeah. and put more of an emphasis on that. Yeah. Soon. And it means <laughs> it means the church has to continue continually be faithful and yeah. and to be stewards of of what what God's given us through people in the community. And so we strive to do that. But anyways, it's an interesting conversation. And one, and the reason why we bring all these things up and ask these questions, maybe without giving you a whole bunch of answers, is because I hope that you're having these conversations at home yeah. and you're having these with your spouse and thinking through some of these things a little bit. 
Um, and so money, money is really important. Um, when I'm doing all these pre premarital counseling sessions mm-hmm. with couples that are getting married, this is the big one. This is such a big one. Why? Because money has such power in our life. Yeah. And so it's so important that we begin talking about it and considering how, how do we use it? Um, for God's kingdom and 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 that may be supporting our family and it may be giving to a church and wh- however that works out. Cool, good one. All right, listen, we got some things coming up. Uh, the next couple of weeks will be standalone sermons and okay, and both right. uh, both Sanctuary and Vine, and um, so it'll be interesting. I know that this coming week uh, I'll be in the Vine um, preaching on Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott's gonna be in the Sanctuary, kind of sharing what he's heard and learned over the last several months at KUMC. That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah, and then the following week I'll be preaching the Sanctuary on evangelism. Uh, excited about the vine because Chris is going to be sharing about Tanzania and his trip there. And so that'll be really neat. That'll be cool. Cause I saw some of the photos and some of his posts and, yeah. and Chris is just a, a personality that's like, yeah. it just gushing with enthusiasm yeah. about all that. And so, he okay. had a blast. And so there's a lot of cool things that God did over there. Um, maybe we can get Chris on soon. Uh, on five fifteen. Let's talk so. to the, or we'll talk to our booking agency. Yeah. We we'll, get, get we'll his, get our people in touch with exactly. his people. Perfect. Um, one big announcement, um, we're looking for volunteers to help us build for the Advent series. We're mm. building a bunch of um, thematic uh, things to go around. We're, we're actually um, looking for pallets, uh, wood, things like that. But in particular, on December 2nd, on a Saturday, uh-huh. we're going to be building all of these things in the gym. And so I would love, love, love for some help. Um, some people that are handy and can paint and things like that. Um, we're also doing some vine improvements. So there's some entrance ways that we're um, building some stuff uh, there that cool. I'm excited about. So so if uh, you want to see an early, kind of early peek at what yeah, that's is right. going to happen, and all be a the part decoration, of it. be a part of it. Yeah. This is a great opportunity. Yeah. Steward, steward your gifts uh, <laughs> so that you can see hands-on what's going on and Let's be a part of Let's look up... Uh, carpentry on the yeah. spiritual gifts assessment was, yeah. was that one of the Jesus was a carpenter so oh, he'll help us there you go he'll help us <laughs> but we need your help too in your yeah tools. but we really do need your help so share uh, show up that's on December 2nd um, at 8 o'clock we'll start at 8 o'clock in the gym but we'll be going all day so come as you cool. can yeah. there's sign ups online on Facebook, our Facebook page okay. um, it's a Google form so go on and fill that out so that we can be expected expecting know how many to expect yes okay That sounds great. We hope to hear from you soon, and thank you for downloading. All right, praying for y'all. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye.